What's up, legends? And welcome to the Doug McInnes Show. In this first episode, we're going to be discussing how to steal back your show. Basically, to take charge of your life again, rather than being led by your situations and your surroundings. We are going to discover together how our passions and dreams were forcefully removed from center stage and how things outside of ourselves stole our show. We are going to learn strategies on how to put our future back in as the main character. You declaring that this life is your show is going to tick off some of those in your sphere of influence. Because when you say yes to your future, you are saying no to their expectations and demands of you. So just be prepared for that. Uh, There is going to be amazing content coming um, to you through this channel. So what you're gonna wanna do is you're gonna wanna subscribe to this channel and share it with someone that you know needs basically to reclaim their marriage, relationships, and more importantly, their future. I'm not saying that in this one episode, that we're going to solve every one of the things that make you feel out of control, but I do guarantee that you will have an epic starting point. So whether you're driving to or from work in a quiet place or maximizing your time, whatever it is, let's engage and steal back our show. to the first episode of the Doug McKinnis show. Now, I told you in my trailer that I was going to explain this title because on the surface, it just looks, you know, uh, egotistical, self-serving, you know, whatever. Um, but it, it's really a clap back at, um, because multiple times in my life that I was, I was told that my level of commitment is only determined by whether my name is on it or not. Now, there might be a kind of a a sick truth to that because outside of my faith and my spirituality, um, the thing that I'm most uh, committed to is my wife, and she did take on my last name. No hyphenate there. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, So there there might be some truth to that. But uh, what people that have told me that have failed to realize is I've been in that place where um, I felt like my life was being led by my surroundings and my situations. I felt completely out of control when it came um, to my future. And so I, I know what that's like because it was easy to blame life. It was easy to blame that things were unfair. It was easy to blame um, it was other people's fault. And um, it, 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 also it's, it's easier to push responsibility um, off of, off on other people and organizations and thing. Like if, if they don't do something, um, with me, it's their fault. And I I realized I don't ever want to go back to that. I never want to go back to where I'm pushing blame or I'm, I'm pushing the weight of responsibility on others to get me to where I need to be. Because here's the reality. I don't care how loving and how generous and how incredible, um, uh, some people are in your life. I'm gonna be honest with you, nobody is as concerned with your destiny over their own, 
over their your future over their own future and so if we're waiting for others to get it together and to realize what they got in their hands or to realize uh, your potential or anything like that guess what you're going to be waiting a really really long time so um i'm i've i felt it was appropriate to title this first episode um it's your show and uh, I just got out of the movie uh, Tenet, with, uh, directed by uh, Christopher Nolan with um, John David Washington, Robert Pattison, uh, Elizabeth uh, DeBecky. Um, I, I love movies. I don't know if you'll, you, you'll discover that very quickly about me. I love movies. Um, to me, it's an art form. It's not just uh, an entertainment. I literally sit there and I'm, I'm, I'm judging the artistic edge of a movie. And um, I'll never tell you what movie to see and what movie not to see um, because I don't know your, I don't know your, your creative uh, likes and dislikes. But uh, I'll tell you um, that after the, or during the movie Tenet, uh, there was a, I had another name for this podcast or for this particular episode. And after watching the movie Tenet, I decided that um, I was going to go in a different route because what I learned um, in the movie Tenet was just like in every movie, there's no spoiler alert to this, but just like in every movie, the main character finally realizes that they're, they're the main character, <laughs> that the surroundings and what's happening to them is not the main part of the story. Uh, Titanic, at some point, Rose realizes it's not about the ship sinking, it's about her. She's the main character of the story. The sh even though it's someone else's title is on it, she's the main character of the story. And so um, that's, to me, that is the most crucial thing to your future is realizing that you're the main character of your story. It's not what you're going through. It's not what you've been through. It's who you are right now. And the moment you realize it, how liberating it can be and how freeing it could be and how you, are, you realize I, you've had the right to your future the whole time. I went through a traumatic thing in 2004 and it's the kind of trauma that you experience that no matter what level of faith or spirituality or education or there's just no answer to it. People will tell you, oh, you know, Doug, you know, Jesus is the answer. God is the answer. And I'm not saying that they're not, but there are things that you go through um, that you discover that how you have perceived these things um, contradict what you're going through. And so there is no answer at that point. At some point, you have to encourage yourself at some point. I, I didn't do that. I spent a year um, being led by my trauma. My brother was... Um, my brother was killed because a police officer had decided to uh, continue a high-speed pursuit off the freeway and onto busy streets. I'm not saying that he was the sole responsibility. The young man driving the car, running away from the cops, uh, was just as guilty. Um, but uh, I, I've been in that place where um, the actions of the police officer were deemed justified and your brother's life was chalked up to the greater good. Uh, I was in the courtroom um, where that young man's uh, life was hanging in the balance of a judge. And I, you know, experiencing all that trauma, it was a flood of emotions. You, I didn't know if 
to be angry or mad or sad. I, I didn't know what to do. And the experience of that trauma has had left me feeling like I was out of control on my future. I didn't even know how to define my future at that point. And um, I didn't realize it, what I was doing. I, I, you, when you're being led by your trauma, when you're being led by uh, your situations, you don't even realize it's happening to you. So I realized it when I was in Disneyland, one of the happiest places on the planet. I love Disneyland. I'm one of those weird people that uh, I'll go to Disneyland without my kids and, and I actually enjoy myself. I actually have a better time. I know, it's sad, but uh, I do. And um, so my wife decided that we were gonna go to Disneyland. My brother had been gone shortly a year at this, or not even a year at this point. And um, I'm at Disneyland and we're in Tomorrowland and I vividly remember this. We're at a open pavilion. Um, uh, the, there's a Star Wars show going on, a, a lightsaber Jedi Academy show going on. And me and my wife, we're, we're, um, we're getting food at the uh, food court right there. And uh, something magical happened just, you know, right there in front of me. And I, I remember I, I, I cracked a smile and I even chuckled a little bit like, oh my God, that's, that's really good. Did that look real when I did that? Because I'm trying to, anyway, um, uh, you know, just, hey, you know, kind of chuckled. But then instantly I pulled back. Instantly I shut myself down from having a good time. Because in my head, I would, all I could think of was if, if I'm happy, then I'm going to forget the trauma. If, if I enjoy my life, I'm going to forget what I've been through. And, and when, when you've been through trauma that's changed your normal, you are doing everything in your power to hold on to the memory of normal. Um, some of us were experiencing trauma in our marriage and we're staying in an abusive relationship because of the fact that the memory of what it was like is, you know, we want to hold on to that versus experience pain and, and walking away. Some of us were, we're at jobs right now that it's, it's, it's no longer providing the same level of, of comfort and safety, it's, it's just a frustrating place to work, and, but yet the memory of what it used to be is compelling us to stay there. Some of us are committed to organizations that are no longer going anywhere simply because of the fact that the memory of what they accomplished 10 years ago um, somehow is keeping us anchored to that. And it's leading our story, it's leading our life. And so here I was, and I, I, I instantly shut myself down. I instantly stopped feeling a certain way. And um, uh, my wife, I don't even know if she remembers this conversation, but she told me that um, she said, I, I can't compete. You're, you're doing this to yourself. Something is missing. Something is broken. It was then I realized I'm totally being led by my situation. I'm not leading myself anymore. My situations, my trauma, my surroundings are telling my story. I, I have been removed, I've been forcefully removed from center stage. And it's no longer my show. It's the police officer's show. It's the young man that, that killed my brother's show. It's my trauma's show, it's my pain's show. It's not my show anymore. And I realized I don't ever want to go through that again. If there's a feeling inside of you that something is missing, guess what? 
That is your future screaming out to you to start taking over your show. You see, there's, there's no perfect future. I, I, I love studying the future. I love studying um, what is ahead of us um, to the point, I, I don't consider myself to be a futurist or, or anything like that, but I, I do consider myself to be a studier of the future. And to start laying out my life and the lives of others, to help with the lives of others, to start shooting for their future, not today, not tomorrow, but five years from now, a year from now, six months from now, can, can, we, can we look at it from that perspective is, is really my goal. And one thing I've discovered um, that most futurists will tell you is that uh, there's no perfect future. And because there are changes coming, changes that you cannot predict um, that are gonna come into your life, since you cannot predict those changes, you cannot predict your future. But that still does not give us an excuse of how to pursue or to start pursuing what we believe is supposed to be our future. You are made for more than right now. You're made for more than settling. That, that's uh, when, when, I, when I've been working with people, I've noticed most people look at their life like this line, like there's just this, this straight line. And they don't look at their life as curving up, that your, your life is supposed to curve up. You're not supposed to settle for the line. You're not supposed, how do we, how do we curve this up? How do, we, how do I get to where I need to be? That I, maybe, maybe you've, you've wanted to write a book. Maybe you've wanted to uh, write a song or, or maybe it's just, I, 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 wanna, I wanna move up in my life. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna see what's, what's possible. I wanna travel the world. Whatever it is, you gotta to begin to start looking at your life from that lens and stop looking at it from this linear because when we look at things from a line perspective, really what we're doing is we're just settling for what's in front of us. We're just settling because we don't feel like there's anything better. And so we'll take the first thing that comes. If it's a little bit better than today, if what's being opened up is, is a little bit better than today, we'll take it and we'll move in that direction. But our lives are supposed to be moving upwards. We're supposed to be curving upward. Trust me, it's not going to be this, this spike upwards. It's going to be this curve upwards. It's, I don't even know if you can see that, but it's going to be this curve upwards, okay? So here's, here's since, since we cannot predict the future, Here's what we can do to start putting our future center stage, whatever that is. Start putting that center stage. And I'm gonna give you six strategies. Not plans because nothing goes to plan. Strategies, yes. I'm gonna give you six strategies to use in your life to start putting your life or start putting your future at center stage, okay? So, number one. You ready? Here it is. Say no with passion. Oh, yeah. Say no with passion, okay? Stop saying no with this like passive, like, you know, this this, you know, like, oh, I, I would I really would like to because what what that does is check this out. For, well, let, let's let's tear this apart first. When you say no, 
You're saying, when you say no to others and to what others want and demand from you and their expectations of you, it's opening up your life to, or it's opening up yeses to your life, okay? So when you say no with passion, you are, you are saying no from a place of, I know where I'm going. I, I stopped saying no, like with this passive, like, oh man, you know, like I would really like to, but I, you know what? I'm just, I'm so busy. I can't listen. Let me, let me tell you something right now. If when I, I recently had, um, uh, my car that, uh, broke down and uh, it was the battery and, uh, uh, I'm not car mechanic at all. I had to Google how to change my battery. Um, but I, I, I was, I was putting off changing my battery because I was just too busy. I was, I had too much going on and um, it was just easier to just me and my wife using one car and, um, but what, and I was just really hoping that my, my friend James, who is just uh, an insane, you know, mechanic, um, I think he purposely sabotages his cars just so he can rebuild it. Cause there's no way somebody's car goes out as much as his does. But I, I really do believe he sabotages his vehicles in order to, uh, in order to figure out what's, you know, to, to fix them. But regardless of that, I was hoping he would get the hint and pick up my battery for me and put it in my car and all that. But then all of a sudden something came up in my life where it was impossible for me and my wife to take one car. We were going to need two cars. And then all of a sudden, because what I didn't want to do was now affecting what I did want to do, uh, all of a sudden I magically found the time to return a battery, wait in the line to get refunded, drive miles down the road to find a place that will, you know, that has my battery and go through that whole, like, would you like to subscribe to our newsletter? Would you like to do this? Would you? And I'm like, no, I just want my battery, man. You know, like, um, uh, I went through that whole process. Somehow I found the time to do that. So here's, here's what, when you, when you're saying no to somebody with passion, you're basically saying where you're going, I don't want to go. What you're aiming for, it's great, it's awesome. Uh, I'll do my best to help you. I'll do my best to come alongside you. But understand, that is not going to take priority to the future that I believe I have for myself. So when you say no, do it with passion. Do it with, I'm not saying like, be like, no, fool. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you say no, you're like, look at, be honest. Be like, hey, I'm, I'm going somewhere, I'm chasing something, I'm, I'm, I'm going in a particular direction, and that's just gonna take up too much time right now. Tell you what, let me get this issue figured out, let me, let, me, let me get this all worked out, and then we'll talk about me taking that project on, me taking that responsibility on. Because when you're pleasing others, it puts their future at the center. It puts what they want at the center of your future. The second thing, so the first thing, say no with passion. The second thing you want to do to start putting your future at center stage and to make this your show again, you got to end what I call the Kyle Reese syndrome. End the Kyle Reese syndrome. If you don't know who Kyle Reese is, I'm going to tell you right now. Kyle Reese is one of the main characters in the first movie, Terminator. He leaves his future to go travel back to the past to save a woman by the name of Sarah Connor. Now, the reason why I call it the Kyle Reese syndrome is because one of the worst things that you can be is somebody's answer. Oh, did he just say that? Yeah, he did. Listen, one of the worst things you can do is be somebody's 
answer, okay? I'll tell you why, because it puts a tremendous weight and responsibility on you for them. If somebody, you know, comes to me and they say, oh, you're just like a, you're an answered prayer or, or man, you, you, we believe that you have the answers for, for what we're missing. Um, one of the things I've discovered about people is they probably gave up looking for the answer a long time ago. And they're kind of in this whimsical limbo state of just hoping that an answer is going to walk through their doors one day and then poof, all of a sudden all these pieces are going to magically fall together. Can you imagine the pressure of being somebody's answer? Oh my gosh. Like it's, it's so weighty that you take yourself off center stage and you put their dreams, their passions, their future that they, they most likely don't have answers to anyway. Um, and you put that center stage. You know what, I, I love working for people. I worked for a great organization in Los Angeles and the way we found each other was so awesome. We were both in pursuit of a question or to answer a question. So they're over here pursuing the same question that I'm pursuing over here. And as we are finding answers and building blocks um, to answers, all of a sudden, boom, we collided with each other and we discovered that we were both asking the same questions and they have, a, they have tools that they collected along the way for their answer. And I had tools that I collected along my way for my answer. We were both in pursuit of an answer. And when we collided together, it was beautiful. It was awesome. Why? Because you want to surround yourself with people who are asking questions. They are pursuing answers, not just sitting around and just waiting for an answer. So you want to end the Kyle Reese syndrome because you're no longer the main character. That's what happened to Kyle Reese. It's kind of sad. He's rescues Sarah Connor and then he moves to become a secondary character throughout the Terminator series. That's frustrating, man. Do not do that. Do not be somebody's answer. You want to get in connection with people. You want to establish relationships with people who are asking the same questions you are and you guys are both building answers along the way. You both become assets not essential to each other but assets to each other for the end. The third thing you want, to, you want to start doing is identify toxic. I used to give people advice to distance themselves from toxic people, but I realized, no, no, no. You know, you want to start identifying what toxic is. It's not enough to simply distance yourself um, because of the fact that uh, I've, I've helped people for many, many years and I used to give them that advice, distance yourself from toxicity. But the, what I've discovered is three or four months later, they're right back, um, uh, same toxicity levels, same issues, same problems, just different relationships, different connections, different job, all this stuff. So I started helping people identify what toxic is. Now, it's more than just, you know, um, getting away from critical, you know, judgmental, cynical, small-minded people. It, it's bigger than that. Um, it's because if, if, you're, if you're already having conversations with somebody that's judgmental, critical, most likely um, you're in too deep already. So what I've discovered is how do you identify them before you, uh, before you date them? 
How do you identify toxic, the toxic behaviors before you marry them? How do you identify toxic behaviors before you have a play date with them? Um, and uh, I, I found that toxic people come in one of three categories. Um, number one is what I call uh, the too busy. Everything in their life is described by just how busy they are. And what's the problem with that? Why can't people be busy, Doug? Like, is, do you have something against busyness? No, I don't have anything against people that are busy. I have a problem with people who are always talking about their life in the context of, I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. And the reason why it's toxic is because it makes you feel like um, you're carrying a weight of guilt that you're not doing enough to help them. You're not doing enough. So what it does is it takes their busyness and it removes you from, from center stage. It removes your future um, from it being your show to now how do, I, how do I get over the guilt of helping them achieve what they need to achieve? So ultimately they become, uh, their busyness becomes um, your stage. It becomes your show. Uh, the second thing to identify are um, uh, toxic people is the no solutions people. They're big on problems, but when I ask them, so um, so what's the solution? After I let them vent, after I let them, you know, kind of come up with, um, you know, or tell me what's going on and all the problems and all the issues that they're facing. Uh, my next question to them is, so what's the solution? Well, I don't know. That's why I'm talking to you. Wait, whoa, toxic. Because what that means is they have no goals whatsoever of shooting for the future. Bef they, they have no problem putting the problem out there, putting how, how nobody's helping them, how um, they're, they, you know, they've, they've done this and they've done that and they're not seeing any return. Whatever it is, they're constantly spewing problems, but yet before the problem comes out of their mouth, they're not committed to finding a solution. I do my best to make it my practice that when I come against a problem that needs to be voiced, I also want to come at, the, I also want to bring a solution to the table. Okay. The third way to identify uh, toxic people is no stability. So one minute they're joyful, the next minute they're, they're crashing. One minute they're happy, the next minute they're sad. One minute they're content, the next minute, you know, people aren't doing enough. And wh what this does with no stability is it puts a tremendous weight on, on um, the people that they're in relationship with um, under, this, uh, under this strain of who am I gonna be working with today? Who's my boss going to be today? Who's my leader going to be today? Um, are they going to be depressed? Are they going to be sad? And and it, it makes you it makes you unstable. And you're you're you already have enough instability in your life. You already have enough um, issues in your life to deal with versus dealing with other people's instability. Okay. Have you ever just um, known that something was coming or a problem happened and you honestly? are worried more about how it's going to affect um, someone you're in relationship with or someone you're in connection with rather than focusing on what it's gonna do to you? Listen, that's toxicity. And the reason, another reason why I want people to identify toxic is because the fact that some of us, we are in relationships, we're in contracts, we're in, we're in position with toxic people and people and we don't know we can't it's not as easy as just simply walking out the door and, and distancing ourselves from that relationship or that connection 
But if we can identify the toxic things that they do, I've discovered in my life most of the time is people don't even know that what they're doing to you is toxic. It's fine if they do it to, the, to themselves, but what they're doing to you is toxic. And sometimes it just may be an honest conversation that needs to be happening with somebody. So number one, say no with a passion. Two, you know, stop the Kyle Reese syndrome in your life. Three, identify toxic. And then uh, the fourth way to get your, to get your future back in center stage, um, you wanna start editing blaming out of your script. You, it, listen, I don't wanna minimize the pain you've been through. I don't wanna minimize what you, the trauma you've gone through in your life, but your future is desperately screaming to get the blame off the stage, to stop making blaming your show. It's, listen, I get it, it's not your fault. It wasn't my fault. It's not your fault that this is the way things have turned out. But just because it's your fault doesn't mean that you don't have to take responsibility for your own life. Get rid of the blame. Get rid of the blame because you can't wait for others to accept responsibility for what you're going through. You're gonna be waiting a really long time if you do that. The fifth way to get, to get your future back on center stage and to, and to make it your show is test your truth. Now, let's get something straight. There's a difference between knowledge and truth, okay? Big difference between the two. Knowledge and truth are two totally different concepts, okay? And so uh, knowledge is based on, uh, it, it wants to capture the way things are right now, okay? Versus truth has to be tested. You, can't, you cannot have, a, a lot of people, in, 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 especially in my sphere, they have knowledge, but they never put that knowledge to the test. They never, they never tested to see if, if what they know is actually truth. They, they know because it's the way they were raised. They know because um, their, their, their belief system says that you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to have it this way. And, and, it, and anybody who disagrees with you is, is not worth hearing or, or um, they're critical of, of um, one person, uh, but they don't extend that same criticism to another, as be, uh, to a person that believes the same way they do. So it's important for us to put our knowledge to to the test. I don't want to have knowledge and claim it as truth if I've never tested to see it if it is truth, okay? And the last thing that you can do to start putting your future center stage is get good at being alone. I know it hurts. I know it's painful. I know it sucks raising kids alone. I know it's, it's, it's not good when you're home alone and it seems, like, it seems like your spouse is moving towards their future and you're home raising kids. Listen, I, I get that. I totally do. But you got to start producing success alone. That's what it means to be good alone. That I, I can produce sec, um, success alone. I can, I can do this alone. There's certain things that, that I do and I don't want help with. And the reason why is because I need to prove to myself that I could still do good alone. This is how we live to be an inspiration to others. 
because every single person goes through those moments in their life when they're surrounded by people, they're surrounded by loved ones, but they still struggle to be alone. So here's some things that we could do. Say no with a passion. In the Kyle Reese syndrome, nothing worse than being somebody's answer, okay? Identify toxic. Edit blaming out of your script. Five, test your truth. And six, get good at alone. All right, guys, I'll see you soon. And um, we're gonna have a great segment next week. Remember, subscribe to this and uh, share it. And we'll see you guys soon. Bye.